Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Chris Burdick. I'm the podcast editor this semester for The Runner and you are listening to The Runner On Air. I'll be your host today for this episode and joining me today is Katrina Singleton, our news editor who's going to give you a brief breakdown on some of the resources that are available for you as students at CSUB even with the campus closed. And Damian Lopez, our digital managing editor, he'll be giving us a breakdown of his story about the psychology department's low faculty rate compared to the student body. And finally we'll get into a little bit of entertainment, give you some tips and tricks about getting through this semester and staying organized for your online courses, and give you some ideas of new things to watch, read, or play to de-stress. All right, Katrina, let's start with you. What back-to-school resources are available for CSUB students to find right now? The Walter Stern Library, it's not open for, like, study use, mm-hmm. but all their normal services are going to be on their website. They've even added like hours that they can do research help. Uh, So like Monday through Thursday, it's going to be from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And on Fridays, it's going to be 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. They're going to be doing online help on Saturdays and Sundays. Saturday is going to be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday is going to be 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. They've also added an additional amount of resources that are typically found in the library to their online database. So you can still have access to those. The SRC is still closed. They're wanting to open up this semester, but only if the chancellor's office allows them to do so. They're going to be using an app called Fusion Go to create reservations to make sure that everyone is social distancing and no but there's not a max capacity going on Mm -hmm. is there like a specific number of people that they're gonna let in uh mary didn't specify how many people they're gonna let in at a time but each reservation is only an hour long okay and every week they're going to be alternating the machines in the SRC as they're going through so everyone can use all the machines they're just going to be different machines every other week all their specialty classes like yoga Zumba those fun classes they're all going to be live streamed on Instagram they're not holding any of those in person at all so if you want to do those they're going to be on Instagram I think it's CSUB SRC now it's like because they're switching every other day so that makes sense so they're obviously going to be sanitizing all the equipment if this even happens yeah she didn't go into detail about how they're going to sanitize but basically they're going to be wiping down machines the rock climbing wall is going to be closed obviously Mm -hmm. um, because that's too hard to social distance and constantly sanitize so if they do open back up this semester that's not going to be available and they're going to be alternating every week the machines, not every day. Oh, every week. Oh, okay. Every week. So they're going to have certain machines and they're going to be clearing some of them out because they're going to be too hard to sanitize and make sure that everyone's social distancing as they're using them and going through the machines. Um, She wasn't specific which ones, but some of them, they're just not going to be there at all Mm. for the time being. But yeah, the app is, I don't know if it's still being developed or if it already exists, but um, that's going to be the reservation system. She didn't go into detail about how many times you can create a reservation in a day, but I just know that there are going to be hour-long gaps of reservations. That's- I, w- I would assume they're going to bar students from doing it excessively, because, I mean, people who work out every day, I assume, are not going to be able to work out every day, because then you're just going to be filling up all the slots, right? Yeah, probably. Um, we're going to go into a deeper story on this later this week or next week, that will just be focused on the student rec center and how they're going to sanitize and what exactly they're going to be doing if they open up this semester or even next semester. 
Okay, well, we'll look out for that. What was the app's name again? Uh, Fusion Go. And you'll be using that app as well to like do non-contact entrance to the gym. So you don't have to worry about opening doors or anything. Completely contact free to get in and out of the gym. The food pantry is open. They're going to be open five days a week. Normal hours, I believe, for the fall semester. They're only going to let two students in at a time to shop for their groceries and whatnot. You need to be wearing a mask at all times. They have spray painted lines to make sure everybody's socially distancing while they're waiting their turn. And they're not open for just like the public use at this time. So you have to be a CSUB student to get food from there. You have to be a student and you have to have your ID. Ah, okay. Now, are they making them wear gloves, too? Because, I mean, that could be a sanitation problem in my thought process. But They didn't state whether or not they're going to be requiring gloves. All it says is that masks are mandatory. And they are allowing donations still at this time, so they really encourage us to still donate any produce or canned goods or anything that we aren't going to use. Yes, and anybody who can donate, obviously, that's going to go back to the students, so that's a big help to them. The last one, the hefty one, is going to be the health center. Mm. Uh, they're open to walk in, but they're only doing like appointment only, students only, and they are offering virtual appointments for those that aren't comfortable coming to campus just yet and being seen in person. So the hours are going to be Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then for their virtual ones, um, they're going to be from um, on Thursdays, 1 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., and on Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.45. Very cool. Now, are they doing testing of all sorts and stuff there? Or? It, they didn't specify whether or not they're going to be doing any COVID testing, hmm. but they are going to be doing, like, pre-screens before coming to campus. You have to make sure you're only coming by yourself. They're not going to let anyone else in with you. Uh, they're going to do the, the basic COVID pre-screening. They're going to check your temperature before you enter the building. They're going to ask you if you've had any symptoms of COVID. And they aren't going to be providing any masks for any students. You need to bring one with you. At this point, if you don't have your own mask, I'd really be surprised. I mean, yeah, I, think this at, I just feel like at this point, like we've been at this long enough that everyone should at least have some sort of mask that you're already wearing, hopefully. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, that's and, my thought process. But. Yeah. I mean, I thought the health center would have masks, but they don't. Yeah, I'm sure they do have masks, but at this point, it's like, do you give them out to the students? Can you even give them out to the students? Like, do, yeah. Or do you hold them for yourselves? That's true. Yeah. So. Um, what was it? The pre-screening process before you get checked in, however, is going to be on the CSUB mobile app. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a giant section where it says COVID-19 self-screening. They want you, once you finish that screening, to take a screenshot of it or by having someone else text it to you if you can't screenshot it on your phone or any other device. So it can be shown at the health center before they let you in. Ah, okay. So they are doing some sort of COVID screenings. Yes, they want you to park in a parking lot before you head in. They're going to call the phone number 661-654-2394 to check in to let them know that you're here. And then they will direct you on which entrance to go to so they can take your temperature and things like that. All right. Well, thank you, Katrina. I appreciate it. And we'll be on the lookout for your update on the SRC and their possibilities of opening up for the students this semester. Let's shift gears here a little bit and bring in Damian Lopez, our digital managing editor. Damian, what's going on with the psychology department and their faculty? So... I spoke to Kyle Sousa, the new chair of the psychology department. I asked him, uh, you know, what was up with the psychology department and why a lot of students were having difficulty finding classes. And essentially what he said 
was that there weren't a lot of qualified by people for the job. And they were having trouble finding people that were willing to teach at the university. Mm-hmm. They have to have a certain degree in order to teach a certain class, right? They, they need to teach with the classes that are really impacted are like cognitive psychology, social psychology, abnormal psychology, and all those classes that are a little bit more advanced, right? But people who have advanced degrees in that is what he, is he, what he's saying is that a lot of those people actually have jobs outside and would rather do that working in their field than teach. That yeah, makes sense. I mean, you got your degree for a reason. I would think that you would want to use it to be, you know, what you, what you wanted to be. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense, but I guess it, it just means that there's not a lot of people that are going into that degree field, but into the education part of that degree field instead of like application in society, I guess. So is the shortage for like upper division major courses or is it all psychology courses in general? Well, he said that it was kind of all of psychology courses in general, because many of the faculty that are full-time track at CACB in psychology are dedicated to the graduate program. So a lot of the professors that they hire are going to be for the graduate programs. They just hired, their name is Stone Park, and Dr. Park is a tenure track professor now, and they're actually replacing a vacancy that was already left by somebody who retired in the, in the psychology department. And they are going to be going to the master's program. So there's still nobody that's adding to where there's going to be a lot of people that are trying to get into classes. So basically psych majors are going to be like stuck until those classes can be open for them since they are low on professors. They can't like add more courses. Right. right. So, so I had... Ask Dr. Sousa, so, you know, a lot of students are just like, well, why not add just more classes or more sections of it? And he says that there's, it's not so easy because of the collective bargaining agreement that they have and all the contracts that go into it. And tenure track teach four classes compared to our lectures five. But um, the the tenure track professors will stay at the university longer versus tenure, uh, for, versus lecture. Essentially, the issue with the psychology department is that there's a lot of students and a lot of students that want to get into specific classes that are from undergrad. And a lot of, again, there's just not enough professors that they're able to find that they can hire to teach these undergraduate classes. Right. A lot of the times when they find somebody that's available for the university that can teach those classes, they would rather put them in the graduate program because the graduate program also needs tenure track, you know? Mm-hmm. So although they're just really short staffed in the sense that there's not enough people to fill the amount of students. Right. Now, okay, how many students are in the department versus the teachers? I know you went into that a little bit. So it just, it kind of depends, right? So what the numbers that I looked at were from ERPA and ERPA is the Institute of Research Planning and Assessment at the university. And so according to the data that they have, their faculty to ratio in the psychology program was 34 to one. But Sousa said that it was a little bit more around 40 to one. Okay. So they're they're almost double the size of what they should be then. uh, Essentially, because both Sousa and Vince that I spoke to said that they would ideally want a classroom size closer to 25 to one and, you know, 25 students per instructor. Hmm. But some of these classes vary. You go into some of these lecture classes that have 50 to 100 students because that's just kind of like the nature of the course. It's not very much like 
student instructor interaction driven. It's more of a, just kind of like receiving the information. There are other classes that are such as, you know, cognitive psychology, social psychology, and abnormal psychology that are more, that are a bit more intense. And those classes require smaller ratio of students to faculty. And then it's, it, it just progresses, you know, as you get higher up into the graduate programs, the the class to the section to student ratio, uh, section to faculty ratio is low, uh, lower and lower. It gets maybe 10 to one, five to one, you know, it just kind of depends on what class it is. But overall, Susa says that they would ideally like to keep a ratio 25 to one in general. Okay. It makes sense though, because like the higher up classes you get, the more you will need that teacher to student guidance, I guess is the best way to put it. I, I'm like, I'm drawing a blank on what I'm actually trying to think of here. Yeah, I, I think it's just because, you know, as you get higher and higher in education, it, or like more, not higher, I guess, that, that's kind of, I don't know, it seems a little classist, but you get more, you get deeper and deeper into a subject, it gets more intense. The The concept's a little bit more complicated. It's, it's a lot more thorough and there's more behind it than just kind of knowing something, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to have a solid faculty to student ratio or, and then as you go deeper and deeper into the subject, you need, you need as much help as you can when it's something difficult. Right, the more help they can get, the easier it is to absorb the information. Yeah, at least that's how it was with Phil and in my experience, I would say. And I think a lot of people that I've spoken to will, could also say the same. Mm. So some of these psych majors that are in school right now should become professors is what we're... Yeah. <laughs> like the, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, well, I guess that kind of incentivizes the graduate program at TCB, right? It gives the graduate students at TCB a reason to, to come back and to give to the, the university. Come back to the community that gave them their education. It's a very good point. That's a very good point, guys. Well, Damien, thank you so much for the information. And hopefully throughout the semester, we'll be able to get an update on the psychology department and those students who are struggling to get some of those classes. All right, well, moving on to the final topic of the day. With the semester just starting, we're about two weeks in, and the two of you are two of the most hardworking people that I know. Stresses can mount in the beginning of the semester, especially now with all classes moving to more of an online format. So what are the two of you doing to beat the stress and stay on top of your courses and stay organized this semester? And, and what other advice can we give some of the students that may be getting their feet wet this semester? Literally sleeping. <laughs> Sleeping like, something. like, you know, naps in between classes were already great, but they hit so much better now because I'm not on a phone screen or a computer screen. My eyes feel so refreshed afterwards. Yes, that is a major thing for everybody who is new to Zoom classes or to online classes. Make sure to give yourself a solid hour, two hours away from the computer. Otherwise, you will start getting headaches and it is not fun. I don't really experience the headache y'all are talking about. Really? Yeah, no. I feel like I can be on my computer screen for hours and I don't get a headache. You've been on your computer like all the time though? I mean, yeah. I'm also like I, I'm also a huge video game person. Not not a huge video game person, but I play a lot of video games and I stare at my screen for hours. So that's that's probably why. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm a big video game person as well. I don't know. I just I guess growing up with migraines, I, maybe that has something to do with it for me. But I have heard from various other students that uh, Zoom migraines are a real thing, apparently. So, uh, well, okay. I don't know about you guys. I know I went through it a little bit with in my story in the paper of the five new originals that everybody should be checking out right now. 
has anybody watched Project Power yet on Netflix? No, but reading your little review made me want to watch it. It is a very, very good movie uh, if you have not checked it out yet. It's a lot of fun. Superhero movie, but it's a little bit of a different take, in my opinion. It, it, it's more of a realistic take of what superpowers can do to you. Um, if anybody's a fan of My Hero Academia, it's very similar to that in the sense of the powers have an effect on the body at the same time. So it was really interesting. I don't know, man. I gotta say, I, I'm not I'm not big on watching new TV shows because I, I feel like I always like to watch TV shows that aren't hyped up because mm -hmm. I'm always scared of being biased and I don't want to like watch a TV show and like it because everybody else likes it. I like to wait till everybody else has stopped liking it for me to watch it. Oh, so you're the hipster of TV is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. But there's some TV shows like Tiger King. Everybody hopped onto Tiger King. And I know we only hopped onto it because like every, we thought we were all going to die. But I still haven't watched it. I still don't know anything about Tiger King. Don't. I haven't seen anything about it at all. Yeah, same here. I'm not... I'm really not going to jump on that train. I, I don't feel like I need to. No. I, just, <laughs> I get our society has a drawn attraction to dumb things. I understand that now, but the fact that we are drawn to, I don't even know what to call it. I really don't. I've never seen it, so I can't judge it, but I don't know. That's just me. It doesn't, didn't, what's her name? Carol Baskin, didn't she feed her husband to like a tiger or something? And that's the general thought of it, yeah. I don't really, I don't uh, know, like I said, the specifics, so. Maybe yeah. it's like the need to solve a crime, like unsolved crime. I know crime shows are very popular right now, so maybe it's there, everyone's just like trying to like figure it out. So they just got stuck on it. Everybody loves some law, or was it Law and Order SVU? Dun -dun. Love that. All right, well, Damien, since you don't watch new stuff, what are you watching? Um, okay, I'll be honest. Lately, I've been watching Lucifer. Really? Yeah. Okay, but here's here's the thing. I just started watching it just because like Netflix just came up with the, like this. Uh, they're promoting the new season, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Uh, my brother mentioned to me actually that the character of Lucifer reminds him a lot of me, and I'm just like, I don't. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm going to check it out. And so now I'm on season two. Okay. Well, in this case, I'm going to let you know it is a good thing. Um, and also a little uh, fun note for people who don't know. The Lucifer show is based on Lucifer Morningstar, a DC character. That is technically superhero television. We stand. I actually like superhero. Right. Uh, well, I like superhero movies. So... Uh, I I agree, and the TV shows are also equally as good for anybody who hasn't seen them. I, I adore them, but that you all know me. I'm the biggest superhero nerd on the planet. That's true. So, I, can, I can attest to that. <laughs> I still wear, you know, shirts with Spider-Man on it. So, well, another one that I talked about that I'm super into, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet in its entirety. I know our uh, features editor, Destiny Sims, is a big fan of the show as well, but the Umbrella Academy season two came out almost about a month ago, I believe now, but absolutely incredible. I, I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Anybody who is a fan of conspiracy theory, dark humor, it's just A1. I haven't seen season two, but I did watch season one when it originally came out, and 
I say I will say I did hop on that train and that one I gladly hopped on. It was a really good. It was just it's it was such a good show. Yes. It season 2 kicks off right where season 1 left off. Uh right when they're jumping back in time to potentially stop the apocalypse that they created from happening. Uh and they find themselves scattered across 1960 to 1963 Dallas, Texas, uh, separated from each other once again. And they have to go through numerous, numerous things, including uh, the assassination of JFK, uh, what else did they go through? time traveling Swedish assassins. Yes, I said that correctly. And just civil rights, it touches on that as well. It's just, it, oh gosh, it's just really, really interesting watching the set or uh hargrave's children running through the 1960s to potentially save the world i guess again like normal but katrina i know you say you sleep but is there anything that you're doing are you playing anything right now or well i have officially given up on animal crossing i just i can't do anything to it that makes me happy but um yeah i think i'm just gonna restart that and do that but if you got like you need a show that's just going to help you like relax there's this new show on netflix called hoops and it's it's like if big mouth and family guy had a baby that's the kind of like tone that that show is it's a very like not politically correct show if you've ever seen family guy or big mouth but it's great it's amazing it's about this basketball coach that's trying to teach his basketball team not to suck basically and then he like recruits this really tall awkward 13 year old and promises him like if he joins the team he's gonna like turn his life upside down almost and like make him like He's going to turn him into, like, a player almost. Like, he's going to make all the girls like him and want him and stuff. And there's only 10 episodes out right now, but it's great for something just to unwind, maybe eat a snack right before your next class. They're, like, 20 minutes long. It's amazing. It's funny. Great relaxation so you don't have to focus on a plot line, even though plot lines are great. But if you need something just to relax, that's what I've been watching. Okay, I, I think I know what you're talking about because i saw a trailer for it and it the animation style i believe is the same as rick and morty i'm almost positive it is yeah uh i don't know if the creators of rick and morty have anything to do with it i don't believe they do um i don't think so i mean i think it just came out like two weeks ago so it's fairly new mm. got enough time for cancel culture to come in and do something about it yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna Binge it while I can before it's taken off Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's never going to leave Netflix. That's the thing. <laughs> but you'll just never get a season two. Yeah. That's the problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy what I have before they're, like, canceled. Exactly. Uh, does anybody have any tips or suggestions for students to go in through the online classes this semester? Maybe for their first time? Buy a planner. Or yeah. two. I have two planners. Because I can't get my, I have one for my personal life now, and now one for my school life, so now I have everything organized. Didn't know how much I would love planners until, like, three days ago, but. Really just to-do lists, planners, and organization. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a, it's so chaotic. <laughs> it's a necessity. It really, really, truly is in this semester. It, you have to be on top of your assignments and on top of your stuff. I, like, I know everybody says online classes suck, and they do. They are not fun in any way, shape, or form, but 
you gotta do whatever you can to, you know, uh, make, make it easier on yourself. I think there are some classes and some instructors that know how to make online classes and know how to make online classes, not easy in a sense, but like just kind of understandable. Yeah. There are some that just don't and some classes just don't translate well virtually and it's just not an easy process. It's, it is not an easy transition. That's probably the next big piece of advice I could give anybody is give yourself so much grace this semester. This is a big transition. We're in such a time of uncertainty and unknowing whether or not we're even going to be in person like three months from now in the next semester. So just like if you're struggling in a class, don't feel like you're the only one. You're definitely not. Your professors would love to do nothing more than help you right now. So reach out to them and just remember that it is, even though college, you know, you're spending all this money, it is still just school. And that one course is not going to define you for the rest of your life. I have to agree with that. I don't, I, I feel like people hang too much on the grade part of everything. Like, yes, you want to get high grades. That's what everybody's here to do. And you're here to learn and you're here to get, you know, your education and get going with your life, but not everything is going to be perfect. I think everybody's going to have to learn that this semester. Your Wi-Fi is going to give out randomly. Uh, technology is going to short out on you, but you just got to keep a calm head about it all. You got to make sure that you just have everything in order and just stay on top of what you're doing. Otherwise you're going to fall behind, unfortunately, especially without that same face-to-face -face contact that you're going to have with your professors, because we don't know if we're going to have that at all this semester, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, I know they said they're coming back in October to potentially talk about that. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. So I believe by October 1st, they're going to decide whether or not we're going to resume school either in person for the second half of the semester or for just all of spring semester. How would that work, though, with students that are out of state? Would they have to move back here? I have or no idea. That's an interesting question. Well, and my last uh, little segment here for advice for students, me and Damien kind of touched on a little bit, but set aside time for yourself to do something that you genuinely enjoy, especially if you find yourself doing too much uh, work, as you would see it. Like myself, and I know Damien probably does this as well, but I always set aside at least two hours for myself at some point during the day or night to play something yeah. and de-stress but that's just how I like to do it. I like to, you know, maybe throw on 2K or Madden and beat the opponent by, like, 50 points or something. Yeah, I like to – I'll play some, like, City Skylines for an hour or, like, watch some Lucifer. I'll sometimes read occasionally because, you know, I'll be like, wow, I should probably read, you know. I haven't touched this book that I bought, like, six months ago. Story of my life. I've bought three books recently. I have, like, the first three uh, Mitchell Foucault's. It's philosophy. Ah. Um, I don't know. One second. The first one is, yeah, so the first one is the history of sexuality. The second one is the use of pleasure. And then I forgot what the third one is, but I have, there's, it's a couple, there's a couple books. I think it's like five of them. And each one is a different, like, subject of society as a whole. It, well, it's all about like humans and sexual, not sexuality, but like humans and society. And let me see, let me look at the, uh, let me see if I can find the other. 
names of the other ones. I cannot. <laughs> but like some of them have to do with like um, obedience and like rule, not rulership, but like power, knowledge, and that kind of stuff. And so I'm like halfway through history of sexuality, which is cool. Yeah, I have like six books I had bought that I still haven't read. Through. All right, well, I want to thank Damien and Katrina for joining me today on this episode. Great information, guys. And I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode of The Runner on Air. If you want to find more of our podcast, feel free to look us up on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Music. Feel free to follow us, like, and share the podcast, and spread the news to anybody who's interested. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being here. And until next week, we'll see you later.